Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You're from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning. It's Friday morning and you're listening to Talk Money. And I'm Jim Shoemaker. And we've got a very jam-packed program. We got, we're got we going to talk a little bit about the market and what's going on and why is it just kind of um, ho-hum, you might say. I've got the Vice President, Joe Bentley, a Portfolio Manager of Advantage Capital. He's a frequent guest of ours, and we're going to kind of let him give us some insight, not only into the market, but I've asked Joe to dive into a little bit of the political environment that we've got headed through the summer and how that might affect the market. He'll talk about that with us, and Terry Hurt's going to be in the second half of the program, and she's going to talk about colleges coming and are you ready? Well, of the 2.97 million students that graduated from American high schools in 2015, that's in the U.S. high schools, 2.5 million. That's 69% were enrolled in a college or a university in the fall. That's um, a lot of students going to college. And, of course, you've got to make decisions on how to pay for it. If you happen to be the parent or a grandparent of a college-age student or a high school student that's headed to college, you'll definitely want to stay tuned and listen to the second half of the program as we find out how to pay for college and how that's so important and a part of your financial plan. Here's a statistic for you, though, that since we've just finished paying for taxes, we talked a couple of weeks ago about what do you do with your tax return. Well, here's um, your tax refund, and after you've done your tax return, uh, here's a thought for you, though. This is something I, I picked up from the Internal Revenue Service. So that makes it fact upon fact, okay? The U.S. government projects that an average U.S. taxpayer pays only 81.7% of their federal income tax bill. Most of that's driven by unreported income. That's adding up to $468 billion. <laughs> I love that number. That they, uh, the annual tax gap, the difference between what the U.S. Payers, taxpayers should pay and actually what they paid. What do you think, Art? I don't know. I didn't think I was supposed to count my money from grandma. <laughs> That's not supposed to count. But the point is, how many of us are making money doing something, that little odd job, that somebody didn't take any taxes out and we don't report? So literally 81.7% of that money that's being actually you know, that you just, you know, you, you're actually saying there's another almost 20% that I didn't collect. So mm. I like that. And then the, the number gets pretty high when you think about it. But, you know, I know nobody listening would ever do anything like that. But, hey, <laughs> <laughs> maybe nobody in the studio anyway. Let's put it that way. Well, again, let me tell you what I got lined up. This is going to be a show for you if you're interested in what's going on in the market. Joe Bentley, Vice President, Portfolio Manager of Advantis Capital. 
Joe has been with us many, many times, does a great job. He is going to outline a couple of the things that are happening and what we should be looking for as far as the the market, some real estate opportunities, utilities. What about some infrastructure that's going on in the United States? He's going to talk about economic growth and the Fed. What's the Fed focused on? And the equity market. Why has it been so weak? Why has it just been up and down and just going sideways? That's Joe Bentley. That's the first half of the program. Terry Hurt in the second half. We're going to talk about how to pay for college because it's coming. Are you ready? Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Jim Shoemaker and Terry Hurt are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisor services are offered through Securian Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Shoemaker Financial is not affiliated with Joe Bentley or Advantage Capital Management. Talk Money will return right after this. You thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Keisha Parrish at 901-757-5757 or email at kparish at shoemakerfinancial.com. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts of the Talk Money program are available for iOS mobile devices. Go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. Helping you make the most of your money, this is Talk Money. Well, if you're like a lot of people, you get kind of frozen when the market seems to be just too volatile for you to get into the market. Or maybe you're just at that point where you're saying, I'm so sick and tired of this just stagnant movement. It's up, it's down. I was talking to someone yesterday, and they said, you know, the market does nothing but move sideways. Well, that's not quite true. But I know all the volatility seems to be creating a lot of uh, stress for people to buy or to sell when to do this, when to do that, should I do this, should I do that. The old adage, hey, it's May, you sell in May and go away. You've heard that a ton of times. That's really something I want to dive in with this man because this individual, Vice President and Portfolio Manager of Advantage Capital, knows the market. And Joe Bentley, welcome to the program, sir. Well, thanks for having me today. Joe, let me ask you this. One of the biggest questions that everybody is kind of focusing on is this Fed you know, the, the idea of economic growth seems to be modest. I mean, there's not a lot of movement. I mean, you know, you got manufacturing seems to have done a little better. It seems to be growing, but it's uh, it's helping the economy some. But the, the job market was, you know, we got posted 160,000 jobs in April, and yet, you know, unemployment remains flat. But reality is, I mean, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of economic growth. And the Fed says... We may or may not raise rates. I mean, uh, we heard earlier we'd raise it two times in 2016. Now I'm hearing maybe not. What's your thoughts? Well, I think the Fed is very important right now. As we're running into the volatile markets, uh, it's these macro events that are happening around us that are very important. I think the Fed is focused on economic growth, inflation, and then the global and uh, global financial con- conditions. As you said, you know, uh, economic growth here in the states has is, is been pretty weak. Uh, it was half of 1% uh, in the first quarter. 
expected to, to grow, but not be significant. And so you know, the, the growth story isn't that great. Secondly, inflation. Inflation is, uh, uh, has been uh, quite, uh, quite uh, you know, it's not there. I mean, we've been, uh, and I think what the real focus on the Fed right now is on wage inflation. Because I think, you know, commodities have been uh, played around with, and you know, we can talk about, you know, the impact of China uh, later. But I think inflation, uh, the real focus of the Fed right now is wage inflation. And so when we saw the jobs report last week being weak and uh, in the unemployment uh, numbers the other day were weak, you know, that's going to put a little bit of pressure there. But, you know, global, you know, uh, financial conditions, uh, it's really looking at Europe, looking at what's happening in China. None of them are, are very strong. And so, uh, you know, I think the Fed's probably put, uh, you know, June is, you know, the market is not expecting to see anything in June. Do, do uh, you, July might be a coin flip. Joe, do you think, though, when you say nothing in June and July, you know, I like the idea of a coin flip. That's that's how, that's exactly how I try to approach everything. You know, if I do it enough times, I'll get kind of what I want, right? Yep. <laughs> but what do you think? I mean, if you look at this, the equity market, I mean, we started out January just unbelievably, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But the first quarter, if you think about earnings in the first quarter, they, they really were not at all what we were expecting, or maybe it was what we were expecting. They just were not stellar. They, they, they didn't show us, as you said, this robust economy that we would like to see. Does this mean that we can expect this for the rest of the year? Is this just kind of what is, is this going to be this way, or are there better times ahead? Choppy markets and volatility are here to stay. Get used to it. Oh boy! I mean, I, 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 uh, I don't think that uh, you know the you know when you look at uh, the market overall, the market overall is I'll call it rich. Uh, when you look at uh, uh, market multiples, uh, they're they're above average uh, historically. You look at uh, you know a, a price a PE to growth of the market, it's above average. Uh, you know, and so when we have markets like that, it tends to be driven much more about uh, a, a movement in the multiple uh, and willingness to take risk. These are all driven by macro uh, events. And, you know, so watch what the Fed does. You know, watch, uh, you know, uh, if, you know, uh, Britain uh, leaves the uh, European Union, uh, watch what happens in the elections. You know, these and, and some of the rhetoric that comes around it, because I think these are the things that are going to really be driving the markets. It's going to cause a, a lot of volatility. But, you know, you, uh, I think the uh, you mentioned January, you know, and the plunge that the market kind of took. Well, you know, same thing happened last August mm. uh, and bounced back. You know, we bounced back substantially uh, in the equity markets uh, from that uh, uh, January, February low. I mean, we're up on. Um, you know, about 14 percent from from those lows there. So the market wants to wants to bounce back, but I think uh, January is just a reflection of uh, are we going into a global recession? Uh, and, and I think the market's pretty much said, yeah, it's not going to happen. You know, why do you see that? I mean, the, you know, again, you talk about a global recession, and and that that is that is on everybody's. 
I guess, mind today, thinking that we're that this this global economy is so weak and it's going to pull us into that. And yet you say no. And I guess I'm looking at demographics and and corporate profits, all of these things. Can you give us two or three reasons why you would say that that not for us, not for the U.S.? I mean, you were kind of leaning into those things a little bit. But specifically, why not the U.S.? Why not? Can we not fall into this global recession? Well, I, I, uh, I'm very much a, a bull on the states versus the rest of the world. Uh, I think our economy is, uh, you know, it's, it's not stellar, but it's it's growing and it seems to be steady. Uh, you know, uh, the consumer is a big driver of what goes on in, in the United States. The United, uh, the the consumers uh, has uh, has been spending. You saw the uh, retail sales number this morning. Uh, very strong, very much above what had been expected. Now, you know, we can talk about uh, some of the apparel retailers that have announced over the last few days that have put a damper on the market. But I think, for the most part, we have a strong consumer that's going to lead the market. You're going to see the housing market, you know, particularly in the back half of the year, that will be a positive. There's a lot of things that are going on here. And I think uh, some of this visibility of earnings and this earnings growth is what's going to be a driver. It makes a lot of sense. If you just tuned in, my guest right now is Joe Bentley. He's the vice president portfolio of manager of Advantage Capital. And we're talking about the economy. We're talking about the market and um, not the greatest market in the world. But, uh, Joe, you just said you're a bull for the U.S. market. And I think um, I'd have to saddle up with you, too, as compared to the rest of the world. What's uh, the bounce back with oil? I mean, we've gone from that mid 20s, that's uh, back earlier this part of this year, up to the mid-40s. Uh, is that a sign of strength? Is that is that good overall? Is that going to pull us forward in this market? Well, I, I think when we saw oil bottom out in January at uh, you know the mid-20s, that was largely an overreaction to the supply glut that had been in the market. And people had pointed to, again, this you know global recession, demand for oil and other commodities was going to be uh, pretty weak and therefore you know we we saw this bottom here but it really seems to appear that you know you take the global recession off the table it seems like oil prices have re- recalibrated and uh, to equilibrate supply and demand over the rest of the year and so we see uh, you know, uh, you know, oil being you know flat, and it could be you know uh, just kind of grinding along here uh, for a good period of time. There's uh, good evidence of demand that is uh, uh, in front of us, uh, both as the economy continues to strengthen, but there's also, uh, uh, if you think about the United States, what's happening along the Gulf Coast in terms of, de- of development of of uh, chemical and other plants down there. You know, you you have some good demand uh, for uh, energy-related equities or uh, commodities, and so we feel uh, feel pretty strong about uh, uh, oil and uh, other related uh, energy commodities right now. Well, let me ask you this: every everybody listening wants to know. I mean, this just a common thought because I get the question all the time. 
Are we going to see $80 a barrel oil, $75 a barrel of oil for by the end of the year? Can you, I'm not asking you to predict. Yeah, I am. I'm asking you to predict it. <laughs> but I guess, I mean. No, the, I, I highly doubt that. I highly doubt that too. But but it, but what do you see? I mean, are we going to continue to grind up with the price of oil? Is this supply and demand going to finally get to some equilibrium that things can settle down? Or Because the price at the pump is going up. The the price of the barrel of oil is going up. Is it going to get to fifty, sixty, seventy dollars a barrel? There's a lot of oil and, and gas that's uh, uh, here in the states that uh, becomes very economic to pull out of the ground above forty five dollars, you know, a barrel oil. And so, uh, as you know, uh, increasing demand, uh, if the economy continues to be strong, you know, we are going to uh, see increases in supply. Uh, that will hit the markets here, and we'll keep the markets in balance. That's what I meant, you know, earlier when I talk about recalibrating. Right. It's around that forty-five dollar uh, a barrel uh, number that's going to be, you know, with us. I believe for for a longer period of time. Um, one thing though is that we've pulled back quite a bit in our level of production uh, in the last year. Uh, largely due to capital markets activities and, and producers not being able to uh, continue to drill and uh, and uh, keep things going. And it might not be that quick uh, to turn it back on uh, once demand is out there. And so you could see a short-term uh, impact uh, of some uh, rise uh, in oil. But I think we come back to this uh, 45-ish level. You know, a lot of people talk, Joe, about the weakness of China and, you know, the fact that maybe their economy is not what everybody thought it was or political uncertainty there in in China, even in Brazil. Now we see that Um, the U.S. growth. Let's talk about I guess I'm trying to figure out this whole idea behind you're talking about a, a sluggish economy, not the greatest in the world, but yet you're bullish from the standpoint of the U.S., but. Can we say that if we don't pick things up, if there's not some a little bit more of a robust economy, is there a recession in our future next, uh, let's say, 12 to 18 months? Boy, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I still see uh, enough strength out there to keep us out of the uh, recession camp. Uh, I think you know, overall, uh, and, and I point to what we have seen overall is, uh, generally, strength in the employment markets here, and that has a you know a turnover effect into other parts of, of the economy as as people are employed and they're spending money and other things. Um, you, you know, keeping an eye on uh, what happened last month, uh, and hopefully that's uh, merely an aberration uh, as we come back. But even so, if we if we approach uh, a couple hundred thousand jobs a uh, uh, a month, that could be you know, this kind of Goldilocks, not too hot, not too cold, okay. but it's just a steady type of growth. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess what we're saying, lower interest rates, you said that earlier, low inflation. You actually, the domestic profits are good. You know, you like that. You still feel good about that. Um, consumer, I mean, I think the consumer is still pretty positive. So with all that it said, you're not seeing recession at all here in the next 18 months. So is that to say that the bull market can continue to grow? And are we going to say that we're going to let's just let's go to January of 2017. Are we still going to be talking about a bull market by then? Um, 
Yes, you might, but you might have a, an opportunity to buy it cheaper in between. Uh, and that's, uh, I think these markets will, will be volatile. Uh, I think, though, the general direction is a grind upward. And so you're going to, you know, so if you're buying, you know, uh, the market today, you're probably going to be happy a year out from now. Uh, but you may not like the uh, the investment statement in between. <laughs> I can't, I, hey, I don't, there's a lot of people that say that. That's a common statement today. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I think uh, overall, uh, I get the, it. Uh, strength of the, uh, uh, the modest strength of the economy, the uh, capital markets construct that backs it up uh, will allow for growth. Uh, over the next year. That makes a lot of sense. I know that utilities have done well. It's been kind of a defensive thought. Talk a little bit about utilities. A lot of people forget that utilities are a good investment. Yeah. Well, when the market went into panic uh, earlier in the year and we saw you know, the overall market uh, decline, uh, everyone sought safety. And you look to utilities as being that defensive play, and it's largely because the predictability of earnings uh, that are uh, part of, of utilities and the solid dividend uh, yield, well-covered dividend yield that's a part of these companies. And so these you know, utilities uh, were up at one point this year 15%. Uh, that's you know that's a great year. Uh, that's a, yeah. That happened in uh, about a month and a half yeah. for, uh, for utilities. So uh, – uh, and they continue to be uh, solid here, but it's a it's a slow, steady growth business. And you know, we almost think that they're a little expensive today, uh, with uh, uh, just the growth outlook uh, outlook that's that's uh, available within utilities. It's a lot of information. If you just tuned in, Joe Bentley is my guest. He's the Vice President Portfolio Manager for Advantage Capital. A frequent guest of ours does a great job of talking about the economy, talking about basically the investment array of thought process. What's the economy doing? And I think we're going to, when Joe, when we come back, I want to talk about two things. Number one, China. Uh, it's on everybody's mind. Everybody talks about it. I want to get your opinion of China, a little bit about this whole idea of global earnings. There seems to be some movement that maybe that's coming back a little bit. But maybe the thought about China and then I guess what everybody wants to talk about, especially when I get a portfolio manager on the phone, presidential election, what's happening, you know, what if and what if and what if and what if. So that'll uh, be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm excited. Looking forward to it. So stay tuned with me. We'll be back in just a few minutes with Joe Bedley. He is the vice president and portfolio manager of Advantis Capital. And we'll be talking about China and what's happening with political invest political. I guess you could say political investments. That would be fine to say for Trump and Clinton or somebody else. You never know. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the listener as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks in particular, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Talk Money will return right after this. Take a second and think about the three most important goals or priorities in your life right now. 
At Shoemaker Financial, their team of qualified and experienced financial professionals is committed to helping you achieve these goals or priorities. From insurance needs to college funding, retirement, or estate planning, Shoemaker Financial is here to help you accomplish your long-term financial objectives. To learn more, visit ShoemakerFinancial.com or contact them at 901-757-5757. At Shoemaker Financial, it's not just the plan, it's the result. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. I'm talking with Joe Bentley, Vice President and Portfolio Manager of Advantis Capital. We've been talking about the economy, uh, volatility, you name it. Uh, it's been one of those... Um, uh, programs that you'll want to listen to more than once, and I really want to lead in with China. Joe, I guess China stays on everybody's, I mean, thoughts. It's it's just part of the problem that everybody seems to be concerned about. But but your thoughts? I mean, China is China really beginning to? Is it coming back? Is it growing? Or what's your thoughts? Well, and I think when you look at China, you're seeing an economy that's recalibrating its growth and that uh, growth rate is coming down. Uh, historically, when you looked at China, it's, it was an economy driven by fixed asset investment and industrial output. But that's coming now to a less you know, commodity-intensive area such as consumer spending and services. Uh, when we think about China demand for commodities and that impact across the globe, that's, uh, I think, a, a big factor. Uh, I think also what you see in their markets and in terms of speculation is also an impact on uh, the mark, uh, the globe. Uh, and one thing that I think really you get pointed to here is, you know, because of this slowing here, people are, are becoming nervous. Uh, and what it tells me here domestically is just what is that investor thinking about uh, in terms of investment risk and willingness to take on investment risk at this time. Again, when I said earlier, the market's going to be driven uh, by macro factors. And you know, the big macro factor here, in my opinion, is the uh, market's willingness to take on risk. That's a great point. The market's willingness to take on risk, the volatility, the whole idea behind, the, you know, that's that's. Um, that leads us to this last question, since you're talking about the market willing to take on risk. Presidential elections are normally a, you know, the market does react. But this seems to be a year that has gotten more questions about what if this is elected? What if this person is elected? And so I want your opinion. I mean, let's everybody wants to know what's the thought if Trump's elected president What's going to happen to the market? If Clinton is elected president, what's going to happen to the market? Well, I can, you know, you know my thought here is that the markets are currently pricing in uh, uh, a Hillary Clinton presidency. Uh, so if anything goes to derail that, I think uh, all bets are off and we need to rethink what we're, we're doing. Uh, I think uh, Trump uh, is all about uncertainty. He's come up with some pretty amazing things that he said, uh, not a lot to back it up. And I think that's what scares people a lot. But I think both candidates are probably going to uh, use fiscal policy you know, and 
much infrastructure uh, investments to strengthen the growth rate of the domestic economy and productivity. Um, you know, things like repatriation of of, uh, of earnings, you know, from you know foreign lands, I think is is something that's important. Uh, how how are they going to manage you know these uh, uh, inversions that companies have been doing? These are you know a lot of things that are are out there. Uh, but you know, again, you know, Trump scares people. You know, when he talks about his trade agenda. You know what? Trade has been very important to the, the, the domestic growth in the economy. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, if he's talking about maybe currency wars or other things uh, that's in the background of that discussion, great. But I think what uh, if he's going to really impact the ability to free trade, it's going to impact uh, this uh, domestic economy. Um, but the flip side is if he starts to embrace much of the uh, GOP economic agenda, you know, with tax cuts and tax reform and entitlement reform, you know what, that might actually uh, become a positive for the markets. And we'll we'll see what happens. Well, that's, um, you, you're exactly right. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I guess the thing about it that I listen to a lot of people talk about, and you said it, um, one, there's something that the market figures that this is the election, this is who's going to be elected, kind of moves forward. If there's this unknown out there and Trump becomes the unknown, it gets a little, you know, dicey if you think about that. So I like what you said. I like the thoughts. And we'll get as we get closer to the election. I'd love to get your opinion again, sir. So I'll have you back on if that's all right with you. I'd love to. Well, again, you're a great guest, and you always just do wonderful for us and bring a lot to the show for us. So thank you, Joe. Have a wonderful day, sir. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. That's Joe Bentley. He is the vice president and portfolio manager of Advantage Capital, a frequent guest of ours, and he does a great job for us. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Terry Hurt. And here's the question for you. Have you do you know someone or do you have that college-bound you know, high school junior, senior, or maybe they're brand new. They're two months old. Are you doing college planning for them? Terry Hertz, one of our financial planners at the office, an expert in this area. She knows it. She's been through it. And she guides her clients through college is coming. Are you ready? Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax and or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. Talk money. We'll return right after this. Despite its uniqueness, Memphis shares a great deal in common with its southern neighbor, Jackson, Mississippi. Founded within two years of each other, both cities were inseparable from the legacy of Andrew Jackson, who co-founded Memphis and in whose honor the new capital of Mississippi was named. Although, like Memphis, Jackson was founded on a river bluff, it is the only state capital to be built over an extinct volcano. Both cities were captured by Union forces in the early days of the Civil War, but Jackson bore the brunt of the fighting and was burned to the ground three times. The very few buildings that were left standing in the aftermath were for the most part either Union Army positions including the governor's mansion, are structures used as civilian hospitals, such as Jackson City Hall. Today, Jackson is a regional medical hub known for many medical innovations, including the first successful lung transplant. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. 
Jim Shoemaker and Terry Hurt are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisor services are offered through Security and Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Shoemaker Financial is not affiliated with Joe Betley or Advantis Capital Management. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Uh, my guest is Terry Hurt. In this part of the program, we're talking about college planning. And as I said at the beginning of the program, 2.97 million students had graduated from American high schools in 2015. Of that 2.97, 2.05 million are going to some college or university. That's 69%. So if you're one of those 69% that are going to college, you hope that mom and dad did some kind or grandparents did some kind of planning or you're going to end up with a debt. And that's what happens to a lot of students. So one of the things that I think that we do at Shoemaker Financial, and I would like to think that any planner worth his salt does this with any client. If you're talking to a planner and all they do is talk about asset management or insurance, they're missing the boat. You're missing the boat if you're the client. Because at Shoemaker Financial and what Terry does is she looks at the holistic side of a plan for a client and she helps the client go through all aspects of their financial life. And that's much more than just an insurance plan or an investment plan. It's looking at it starts out, let's just talk about just the thought process of managing your checking account all the way up into, of course, managing for retirement. But in the middle is the whole concept of the financial plan. And Terry, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> Let me ask you this. Excuse me. My question for you, when you talk about financial planning, and I really want to get into the college side, but you do look at the big picture. And so from a from a kind of a, what are some of the thoughts as far as the, uh, the the steps that you go through when you sit down with someone to really help them understand the financial planning process? Well, uh, initially, you know, a lot of this process is is built on your relationship with your client, getting to know them, understanding their goals, their objectives, and what they'd like to get accomplished during their lifetime. So we go through a process of sitting down, meeting with the client. Uh, trying to define the relationship, the expectations are set. We gather client data uh, from the client, clarify it, including specifically what their goals are, both short-term, mid-term, and long-term. Uh, we'd analyze and evaluate the client's current financial status, uh, develop and present some recommendations, and that's where it gets a little bit tricky because often the clients will hear the recommendations, but they don't know how to implement them or execute the recommendations. And that's really the most value we provide to the client. It's yeah, really... I think that's the thought process behind. Our whole mandate has always been, it's not about the plan, it's about the results. It's about the results. And to get the results, you know, we often hold our clients' hands through the execution process of the recommendations. Well, Again, let me make sure that you're listening. For those of you listening, Terry Hurt looks at the plan from a holistic standpoint. Again, a lot of times you're talking to someone who calls himself 
a financial planner and they're looking to gather assets, they're looking to do insurance or something like that. That's not a financial plan. Terry just walked you through a six-step process, whether it starts with the relationship that you build all the way down to the implementation. And then finally, you're monitoring. That's what you're talking about when you're holding their hand, you're monitoring what you've recommended. You go back and back and back and relook and restudy and reimplement those thought process that processes that you went through to help them make a decision. And so that's an ongoing process. It is an ongoing process. Things change. Life happens. Curves get thrown at you. You lose a job. You get a promotion. You have another baby. You relocate. You buy a house. A parent dies. Someone gets sick. Uh, it all changes, you know, the initial financial plan. So this is not a stagnant process. It's a process that should be monitored on an ongoing basis, at a minimum at least annually, unless a, a life event happens uh, before that, but well, this this is in fact a process. A process. I uh, I know I have uh, been doing this a little while, and uh, I have some clients that are, that are now. Uh, we started when they were in school, in medical school, or just starting their companies or something like that. And today we're transferring. They're retiring, or we're transferring. And I mean, there's been all kinds of things that have gone on in that whole long process. That that relationship you're talking about, it's not just managing asset. And I, I, I get so perturbed sometimes and so disgusted that we people will walk around and I hear the term, well, I'm a financial planner. And I, and I say, well, help me understand what you do. And they're not. They're, they're asset gatherers. They do nothing but that. They're not looking at the entire process. Now, I say that to say this to you. I know you do a great job with your clients. What are the things that you've really helped and focused on? Because you've gone through it. You and Jay have both gone through the process of putting kids into college. And you see that as really a part of your process, helping people plan for that. So, I know there's a lot of expenses that take place prior to college. Absolutely. (laughs) So help us go through this. Here you are with a client, and you're going to kind of guide them through this process. I mean, let me be the client now, okay? I mean, uh, let's talk about it. What are are some of the issues that you would talk to your client about? This is the relationship, but this is more of holding the hand, too. Right. A lot of it has to do with expectations. What you want your child's college experience to look like. Do you want it to be exactly like your experience? Do you want your child to work during college? Do you want your child to take out student loans during college? Do you want to foot the entire bill for college? And are you aware that college expenses include more than just tuition? Uh, You know, half the cost is probably the tuition piece. The other half is room and board, technology expenses, books, travel to and from home if you're at a distance, and a lot of uh, plans or a lot of expectations when clients first come in really don't include all of those elements. You know, I know you and Jay, when you, with your children, you guys went through this process. You had private school tuition. You had, you know, there's more to just... All of a sudden, I want to go to college. The other child says, hey, mom, dad, I want to go to college. Okay. But then there's preparation to get them ready for that. Now, you're talking about the financial side, but so many parents forget that there's, again, 
the tutoring that maybe, you know, the take the, the standard test coaching, all that's part of that. So a lot of parents forget that that should be a part of the planning process. Exactly. You know, Jay and I coming to Memphis from Los Angeles, uh, we opted to send our children to private school because we thought that would give them a leg up for getting into the college of their choice. And so we made a huge investment in their primary education. Right. Uh, along with that, of course, you want them to do well on their ACT and SAT tests. So you send them to tutoring for that. If they're struggling in a subject, you hire a tutor for that <laughs> because God forbid they should get a bad grade and it goes on their transcript. Absolutely. Uh, so we've done everything to position our children to succeed, but we have made a huge financial investment to do that. Do you find that that's not easy for a lot of parents to, to plan for that they, they it just starts happening and they get I mean with you when you're sitting down with someone is, is most clients most parents aware of all of this of the preliminary things for college or does it just come at them like they've turned on a fire hose well it, it really begins to happen in ninth grade yeah. I mean we all want the best for our children we're sending them to school because we want them to get a good education because we believe there's freedom in education to having a better quality of life. And so uh, most parents don't get hit with the realities of college until about ninth or 10th grade. And unfortunately, even in the private schools, the word college is thrown out a lot, but nobody sits down with parents early on to really talk to the parents about what's going on in the college environment, what's required to get into specific schools, and no one talks to them about their income levels and how that's going to limit scholarship money. Mm. Okay, let's come back. When we do, we're going to talk about how are you going to pay for college. There are some things that, you know, some funding vehicles that we're going to talk about. We're also going to about what if the child decides not to go to college? What do you do with that? How do you work around that? What do you, how do you help the child decide what to do? Well, this is what uh, Terry does. When she says, I build a relationship with my clients, she looks at the holistic side. She looks at the entire thought process that clients are doing with their financial life. And college education is something she spends a lot of time with. So when we come back, we're going to be talking with Terry Hurt with Shoemaker Financial. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Helping you make the most of your money. Talk Money will return right after this. Take a second and think about the three most important goals or priorities in your life right now. At Shoemaker Financial, their team of qualified and experienced financial professionals is committed to helping you achieve these goals or priorities. From insurance needs to college funding, retirement, or estate planning, Shoemaker Financial is here to help you accomplish your long-term financial objectives. To learn more, visit ShoemakerFinancial.com or contact them at 901-757-5757. At Shoemaker Financial, it's not just the plan. It's the results. Helping you make the most of your money. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Terry Hurts, my guest, and we're talking about college is coming. Are you ready? And again, I, I think what I want you to understand is financial planning, a big picture. There, there's the, the whole concept. 
It's the idea behind the relationship. It's the idea behind how much insurance do you need? What kind of retirement plan do you need? What kind of savings for college, you know, funding do you need? What kind of uh, do you, are you buying a second home? What are you, all the assets of that you're building and trying to work around? It's somebody looking at the entire picture and helping you not only just the plan, but helping you organize the plan. It's it's a process of helping you be accountable to the plan, and that's all of what we're dealing with here. But Terry Hurt is a planner at the office and does an excellent job, and I've asked her to just kind of dive into a little bit deeper because it's May college, you know, kids are graduating and uh, you know, they're they're. I hope they've already planned for college, but believe it or not, some of us procrastinate. I don't know why I, I didn't have that problem at all. When I was in college, I never, ever, ever procrastinated and uh, just would not have thought about procrastinating. And I just think if I could just find what I'm going to be doing this afternoon, I might not procrastinate this afternoon, <laughs> but I was bad about it. And most of us procrastinate, but here's what I've, that Terry does. Terry does a great job of helping clients understand what to do about college planning. She's been through it with her husband, Jay and their children and uh, she's now does a great job of guiding clients through the process. And this summer, uh, if you just call the office and talk to Terry, 757-5757, she can guide you through, help you through some of the process. There's going to be a seminar. There's two seminars this summer just to guide people, help people understand what they need to be preparing. If they're going to college in September, what to do. If they've got another year, they're seniors, then you can start and you're way ahead of the game. So, Terry, let me say this. How do you decide what college to start saving for? I mean, that's, again, that's a big discussion. I mean, I can hear the student, I want to go to Harvard. Well, you know, I could have told that to my dad <laughs> after I picked him up off the floor. He would have said, not a chance. But you see what I'm saying? How do you help a child go through that process? Well, you know, often... The process starts very early. I mean, you mentioned a two-month-old, and you mentioned someone in middle school or possibly high school. And so sometimes you don't even have the option to have a conversation with the child if you're starting early, which is where when you should be starting. And right. so some of the things you know, to consider as you move through the process and your child gets older are what kind of student is my child? Does my child like science? Does my child prefer athletics? Um, can I afford a public school, a private school? Will they be attending a school that provides in-state tuition rates or out-of-state tuition rates? Because those costs vary widely. So when your children are very young and it's really tough to assess what type of student they are, the first thing to consider is whether you'd like to save for public or private school. Uh, the second thing uh, to consider with respect to public school is whether you want it to be an in-state public school or an out-of-state public school. For example, SEC colleges. Mm. Uh, and once you make that decision, you have a relative cost basis to reference from to go ahead and start planning the savings. You know, a lot of people, though, say, well, I can't afford it right now. So should I wait until I can afford it or should I start with a small amount? What's how do you guide a client when they think, you know, well, I really can't afford it right now? Well, uh, starting early is key. And the truth be told is saving something is better than saving nothing. So whatever you can afford to save now to help your child when they do get to 
making the decision about college choices uh, is the ideal situation. Never wait uh, because you can't have the whole amount available at this point in time. The process really assumes that. The process assumes you don't have that lump sum of money or all the money to fund college at this point in time. And that's why we take uh, the process of saving early, saving as much as you can, no matter how big or how little, it's still better than saving nothing. And the idea is the flexibility of a savings plan. You have to work around the flexibility. You absolutely have to work around the flexibility. So we often recommend that you use a variety of investment vehicles. For example, I had a client come in last week who really didn't want to uh, choose a vehicle that was specific for college, so we opted to do something a little bit different. Well, again, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Terry Hurt. You can call her at 757-5757 and talk to her about college planning and the whole idea. Are you ready? And if you're not, you got a student in a year from now, hey, do the planning now. Call Terry to find out more about what to do when it comes to financial planning. I'm Jim Shoemaker, of course, and Terry Hurt and Joe Bentley have been my guests today. I want to thank my producer and board operator, Art Frederick, guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner, who always does a great job, production assistant, Eleanor Moskovich, Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier, and Drew Johnson writes it, and they do a wonderful job. I appreciate so much what they do. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for being a part of the program. We're here every Friday helping you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker and Terry Hart are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services Incorporated, securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.